This nation was established on two concepts, the first being able to worship before our God openly, the second being freedom of speech. Men and women paid with their lives for this freedom. As we live our lives, what do we do? We party away our existence. While pharmaceutical companies and government control us with mind-altering substances, leaving us in a broken state of social anxiety, depression, and suicide. Feeling like we're not heard. Ultimately ending up as a pawn behind bars. This nation is falling apart because the church stopped being the church. We need to return to our first love. We need to lift up Jesus. There's only one way to fix this. Honoring God. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. That's Amber. That's Amber. I'm Amber. I am Logan. <laughs> you guys can check my music out, too, if you want. Um, but anyways. He sounds just like that. Yep, totally. Totally. Actually, you know what? I watched a guy earlier this week. Total sidetrack here. But I watched a guy earlier this week, and I was really, I was trying to research how to do um, you know, gang and um, uh, choir like vocals with one vocalist. And typically, you would record a couple and they'd sing different parts and stuff like that. And so I was trying to watch how he do- how he does this, and he set his logic session up and he's working on this. And I'm telling you what, this guy could <laughs> sing. I mean, he was amazing. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Almost went and found some of his music. I was like, wow, that is really, really good. And he was, I mean, he was just so pitch perfect. It was, it was good. I mean, it was just flat out good. And then he like ganged them all up and then played them all back. And he's like, you know, you got to work on it this way. If you're going to sing the same line, you got to change how it sounds. I mean, it was nuts. It was super awesome. So it gave me some good ideas. I guess one woman I had seen one time, she was, uh, she was talking about um, how if, uh, if you want your voice to really get out there and stuff and you really want to project your voice, imagine yelling at your children and then turn it into a turn you're it into singing. A song. She said, bring it from your belly. You you do that. I mean, you <laughs> it do. Funny. It's got to come it's from changed. inside. I've heard some people be like, oh, you got to sing like you sing in a car radio. I was like, no, no, no. that's not going to happen. I was about to say, it's really changed how I sing. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Anyway, sorry. Side note. Uh, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the uh, next episode. Um, I was just, I just said that, and it's like, man, like, yeah, that dude was good. <laughs> I'm going to have to find some of his stuff. But anyways, no, so we are here today, and we are going to talk about uh, finances and the anointed authority. But before we get into that, because um, everybody is going to automatically assume I'm being sexist on this topic, and I'm not being sexist, I need to be very clear with everybody ahead of time. This is something that is accessible for men and women, Okay. It's just how I'm going to illustrate this and how it's illustrated in the Bible. Man was the first person that God revealed this to me. This happened in. Okay. Now we'll, we'll dig into that. We won't get any yet, but I just want to let everybody know if you got praise reports, prayer requests, um, testimonies, testimonies, and, um, uh, oh, what's the other thing? Prayer report, praise reports, prayer requests, testimonies, questions, questions, uh, anything, salvation reports, you guys can reach out to us on our Facebook page at Indeed and In Truth. Um, and then you can also reach out to us at our email at IndeedInTruthMinistries at gmail.com. You can also, we've actually had some people have been picking us up on our prayer 
uh, thing on Saturday and stuff like that. We usually post something on Saturday so people can reach out to us. They want to be praying, and we've been praying over all those things. Absolutely. Uh, I just realized uh, I was a couple of days late, but somebody was actually asking us to be praying about new knees and stuff like that. So I'm hoping she actually listens to our podcast because I, I felt horrible that I got back to her late. I didn't even realize it. I think I had actually seen it, but we had things going on Sunday that required our attention. Yeah, so this I, weekend was busy anyway. Yeah, so. I, I was trying to be a good steward over what we were already dealing with. Right. So. Uh, I want that person to know if you're listening, we 100% was praying for you. I was praying for you today. Uh, and I believe God's going to do something supernatural and you're going to, uh, you're going to experience, uh, you're going to experience some things that you probably had never experienced before, but I think God's going to do something for you. I really do. So with that being said, um, Amber, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to add to anything I just said there before we? Other than I was about to say good busy, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah, we weren't being busybodies. Was... We just, yeah, we weren't being busybodies. You know what? I do want to share that. I really <laughs> wish I had a chance to talk to him about this before we shared this, because this goes all over the place. Um, the first thing I want to say before we say this is we could not confirm nor deny that this individual literally died right in the middle of a church service. Other than the fact of what was on the reports in the hospital. Yeah, we, we cannot confirm this. All I can tell you is I was standing in front of this person and I literally watched their color, everything just boom, just fell right out of them. Gone. I mean, gone. Absolutely gone. And the gentleman that was trying, you know, it was, it was his mother you know, he was over there trying to talk to her, and when he turned around and walked away, at the way he reacted, immediately I was like, everything I was just thinking as I was walking off the stage to come over to help just confirmed it. Like, she, I think she just died. Now, we don't have a medical opinion about this, um, but the response of the church was... Amazing. Was absolutely crazy. And so, you know, everybody starts laying hands on this girl. Speaking in tongues. Praying like, in tongues over her. I mean, they're praying oh. over her. And next thing you know, she comes back. She went down a second time. Um, but she came back a second time. And she threw something up. And But I'm just telling you, I, I wholeheartedly believe uh, she passed away right in the middle of the church service. And the craziest and thing is she didn't God even she didn't even want to be there that morning. She would have been at home by herself. Yep. If she wouldn't have came in that morning, she would have been at home by herself and nobody would have known and she would have died at home and her kids would have found her when they got home, you know? Yeah, cuz it, it well I think about how that could have been a very very different scenario for her. Absolutely. It really could have and so, uh, but when she came back and she's just responding like nothing was wrong, that was like a whole different revelation to me. It was like, God, did you just really do that in front of everybody? Like, yeah, no, that was wild. It was so powerful. Now, like I said, we we don't have a medical thing that says this is what happened, but I'm just telling you based on the what being standing there. I've been around dead bodies. Amber's been around dead bodies, no. and I'm almost a hundred percent convinced she died right in the middle of the church service. And we, the church laid hands on her and was praying over her, and she was up and talking not even 10 minutes later. <laughs> it was amazing. nuts. Um, so I just want to share that. That's pretty exciting. I probably should have asked him before we shared that, but it's too exciting not to share it. Um, but uh, so anyways, and I think, honestly, I think he would want me to share it and talk about it. I'm just not going to put names or anything on it, but I yeah. think he would want me to share it because he's just as excited about it as everybody else was. 
Um, you know, and, and not just that, but we're, we're glad to know she's okay. So, I guess we're going to hop crack, right in there. We're going to crack this thing open. And so, uh, I remember the first time that I ever, I ever got a revelation about what the anointed authority was. You know, there's, there's authority, right? Right. We have presidents, governors, um, lawyers, judges, um, bosses, co-workers that exercise a level of authority over your life, right? Yep. We also understand that um, there is what is known as the anointing, right? Mm -hmm. To be anointed by the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, the anointing actually has been described as oily, you know, an oily sensation feeling. Go ahead. I was just thinking, I wish I would have grabbed my notebook because I had actually studied the word anointing out in Hebrew, Greek. and So, we'll offer some insight. Talk to me about what um, you learned about what the anointing was. Well, they usually did it with kings and priests, and they did it with royalty. They had used it People on, of authority. Exactly, people of authority. They had also used it in... in um, in ways of protection, they had used it on, um, like, anointing the doorways and stuff um, back in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And they also used it in ways of healings and miracles and just different things like that. And, I, I mean, I, I went out and I, like, got all the scriptures on anointing and all kinds of stuff because I wanted to know that word at a deeper level. But it, anointing is a very Holy ghost field word okay so let me ask you a question before i start opening this up because this is something i can't even search this and find anybody who's ever taught on this mm -hmm. so when i noticed this i thought it was strange but i'm just going to talk to you about it was jesus a man yes was jesus god yes did jesus live a life that showed us how to live a life filled with the spirit Yes. So Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Yes. And our base scripture in Ephesians tells us that men are supposed to love their wives like Christ loved the church. Yes. Christ exercises authority over the church. Right. Right? Absolutely. So does he do it in a demanding way? No. Does he dictate to you what you will and will not do? No, but he gives you a warning, like, hey, you should probably do But he this. doesn't <laughs> dictate to you. So when you have relationship with Christ, you respond to him out of a love for him. Yes. You respond to him out of relationship. Yeah. So you would agree that everything I just said right there was scriptural? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Now, here we go. We go all the way back to Genesis 2. Now, we just jumped from Ephesians all the way back to Genesis 2, all the way back to the beginning of time. Did God have an anointed authority? Yes. God spoke, and it was. We also understand that back in Genesis 1, and that would be, for those who, who'd like to follow along with us in your Bibles, it was 126, said, God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, that word man is, can be translated as mankind. 
Uh, we're going to make them in our image and likeness. We're going to let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so he, he's giving this dominion and this authority to us, right? So on the seventh day, he creates all the animals. And man became a living soul on the seventh day. So he creates all the animals, does all these things. And he, he gives his authority and dominion to Adam. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because this is the commandment. He said, we're going to make man in our image, and we're going to give them dominion and authority. They're going to be fruitful and multiply in the earth, right? Right. This was God's authority. Now, when we're talking about anointing, anointing has been associated already with authority and power, right? Right. God's word is power. When God spoke, it was. God spoke the earth into existence. God spoke the boundaries over the seas and the lands. God spoke, they don't cross, they don't. You ever see that video? Uh, maybe you guys who listen to us, maybe you guys have the ocean where the oceans meet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the water never touches, it never mixes, it never does nothing. It stays split. Now, scientists try to explain that with polar patterns and all kinds of things like that. But even if scientists can prove evolution, yeah, don't worry. We'll get on that another day. Even if they can prove some evolution, even if they can prove things like that with polar patterns and plates and stuff like that and magnetic fields in the ground, those things are there because God said they're there. Yeah. Evolution can be proven. We can't argue that. It can be proven. Now, you're not going to convince me that you evolved from a monkey, okay, because you didn't, but evolution in some various forms can be proven. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me make sure I'm, I'm keeping with you here because I'm, we're diving into Logan's intellectual mind. And this tends to frustrate people because they don't always grab this with me. Yes, we can prove elements of evolution, but evolution can only function and progress in the way God said it could. So even if you can prove it to me scientifically, God said it could be there. You can also prove parts of the Bible scientifically as you well. You can. But that's what I'm saying. God's, we all agree right now, he has an anointed authority. And in the creation of the earth, he gave that authority to Adam. Right. Are you with me? I told her I was really going to try to be careful how I explain this because it could come off really sexist and I'm not trying to be. Now, later on in Genesis 2, God brought... All the beasts, everything. He brought everything to Adam. And the Bible actually says, he says right here in verse 19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Now, God still had authority, right? Yeah. He still has the anointed authority. He is creating, but he's like, I gave authority to man. I want to see what he calls them. And, and actually, it goes on and says, whatsoever, Adam called every living creature, that was the name. He exercised the anointed authority, and you can't tell me that. You've always known a cow to be a cow. Right. It never changed. That right there is the anointed authority. And then God looks at him and he says, there is not anything meat enough for him. I'm going to make him someone. And so God puts deep sleep on Adam. We're just kind of fast forwarding through here. And he creates woman. At this time, he just creates her. God didn't speak over her and tell her who she was going to be. 
I can prove it. And the rib, in verse 22, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto, him, unto man. And Adam said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. So we've already got a glimpse at the foresight of God. God understands what she is. God understands her reproductive abilities. God created her to be this way. But the anointed authority that God gave to Adam spoke and said, this is who she will be. Now, this is where everybody thinks I'm being sexist, because I'm not. Now, we and you just established that... But if, a, you read, if you read further ahead. down there, it talks about, you know, how they, the, they will leave their mother and their yep. father, and they yep. will become one. And they have to cleave to one so another. So that, yeah. that already, he, even in, from the beginning, he already talked about the unity, so it's yeah. not sexist. No, and, and that's what I'm saying, but when you introduce this kind of thing, because I remember the first time me and Amber had this topic, she thought I was just trying to be controlling, and I was like, no, Amber... And I walk through some of the same well, scriptures. Some of us women, that's the way it comes across because we've been in situations where men have done yeah. that. So yeah. we're just like, oh, you're and, just And, and we're going to quickly talk about that. Now, I know we said we we're going to talk about finances, but I, I know that this is going to be, this is going to take a few minutes to get through yeah. it. I have to take the time to get through it. Now, I'm going to pick this pace up just a little bit, okay? So we understand that. Now, we just determined before we read any of this that Jesus was a man under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, living a spirit-filled life and exercises authority over the church. Right. Men are responsible to love their wives as Christ loves the church and give themselves for her, and give himself for it. And women need to reverence their husbands. Now, we're going to talk about the wrong kind of authority that you just mentioned here. The wrong kind of authority that Amber's talking about is an authority outside of the anointing and relationship with Christ. Right. You exercise that authority, and really, guys, I'm really talking to men this time around, and you can't say you don't listen to me because I've seen the statistics, and I know how many <laughs> of you listen, and there's more men that listen to us than females. So now you're on notice, and you know now that I know. Your responsibility is to love your wife like Christ loved the church. If you do not have a relationship with Christ, and you're listening to us right now, and you're exercising any type of authority, whether you two agree on it or not, it's not a godly authority, it's not anointed, and eventually you're going to destroy her. It's demonic. Because at the end of the day, if you don't get what you want, your authority goes from authority, you know, goes from being authoritative about something to now you're going to dictate to her what's going to mm -hmm. happen. The anointed authority doesn't do that. See, we just gave you a great example of this in Genesis. The anointed authority, God's, God's foreknowledge about who she would be. If God, if God couldn't trust man under the anointing to have authority, he would have never allowed him to speak over woman to begin with. That's pretty good. She's over there just laughing. I mean, that's pretty good. He would have never allowed her to do so. Well, the man sets the or him, tone. I'm sorry. In that, in, and in you're that. right. Go ahead. Talk. Go ahead. I was just saying that the man sets the tone in that because, you know, a woman is always going to turn to her husband and want to know, hey, what do you think about this? Unless you're one of those women that's just like, you know what? I don't need my husband's input. Well, unfortunately, in a relationship that you want to work, you do need his input. And that's yeah. just the way it is. But and well, and see, like we just talked about, there's a wrong exercise of authority there. Now, if she feels like she doesn't need his input, there could be a very good reason why she doesn't feel like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and jump back here to these ones. You guys are going to like these. Most women 
in marriage will never be able to fully submit in the relationship to you as the man, as the husband, as the leader, as the priest of the home, if you do not give her a solid foundation or a good reason why she should do it. If you don't provide to her a reason why it should be done, she will not do she it. She can't respect you. Exactly. She can't reverence you because you've taken the authority that she's allowed you to exercise over her in certain areas, you've abused it, and you've hurt her. Or maybe you weren't the one who did it. Maybe somebody else has done it. If she sees you being reckless and she sees you being destructive, and you, that means she's going to have to step up and do your job. Why is it that you think single mothers? You know, I've seen God bless and use more single mothers and single fathers. And not that God hasn't, you know, blessed couples, but I see God moving in those particular people's lives in special ways that otherwise you don't see happening in a couple's Mm -hmm. life. Because the couple, especially if they've really submitted their marriage and they've really let God get in the middle of their marriage, they learn how to let God do that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. The single individuals are struggling because they don't have that other person with them anymore or the person they thought they were going to spend the rest of their life with. And so they move into the next relationship and they're experiencing what we're talking about right here. They get hurt by those things. If you, John 10, 10 said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's things that are going on in your marriage, authoritative wise, and it's destructive, she's not going to follow you. No. She's not going to allow you to set the tone for the house. She's going to fight you and refuse you because you have not given her a reason why she should be able to trust you. Until you can do it in love. Exactly. Now, now we all just <laughs> discovered Jesus was anointed by the Holy Ghost. The first thing you've got to have is relationship with Christ. If you do not have any relationship with Christ, the absolute, uh, just for everybody who knows, because I'm going to edit it out, I burped. And Amber's over there laughing now. <laughs> I can't with you. No, if you do not have relationship with Christ, any authority you exercise over her or your children is demonic. Right. Because the second, and you're like, well, that's not true. That's not, yes, it is. It is. Because if at the second that the authority is not respected, you become dictative. And you lash out out of being a dictator instead of being authoritative and loving them. Look. Go ahead, Amber. You know, as you're talking about this, the only thing that I can think about that maybe some people are like, oh, well, Jesus got angry and did stuff sometimes. The only time I can think of in the whole t- in the whole Bible that is even listed as him being angry in any sort of way is when they were treating the church wrongfully. They were treating the temple wrongfully. Yep. Now think about this, okay? Your body being the temple, you being the church, and you're treating yourself wrongfully, if your husband gets mad at you for it, and you're because you're treating yourself wrongfully, I think that's grounds for him to be angry, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I grabbed a hold of that just now. I don't I don't know why I got that revelation right well, this think, second, well, but it's really good. Well, think about this: your job as a husband is to love and protect her. Yeah. Because Jesus loved the church, he gave himself for the church, and if your job as a man and is he, the only thing he was angry about was the people that were doing that. So, well, and that, that's a, that's probably a topic for another time. But I know I, I see where you're coming from. But um, with him being the the authority of the church, do you think we understand God's sovereign? Right. Job recognized it. Job said, "God gives and God takes away." 
God humbled Nebuchadnezzar and said, until you understand that I rule in the kingdom of men. And he gives to whom he gives it to, and he takes it away from whom he takes it away from. Until you understand that, you'll go on your hands and feet like a beast in the fields, and they'll feed you with grass. And that's where he stayed. Now, until the day came where he exalted God, because he came to a place of pride and said, "Eh." Right? right? He was outside of relationship with God. His authority had given him everything that he could ever possibly imagine. And immediately he turned from authoritativeness into a dictator and said, my strength did this. Right. I did this on my own. And immediately, actually the Bible says in Daniel, it says immediately, boom, the voice of God spoke to him and said, because you've let the thought before, because you even let it in. Outside of Jesus, authority is can be demonic. It, it just is. If you don't exercise it over your kids, right? Proverbs 21, or 29, 15, 29, 17, 13, 24, they're all great examples of, of we need to discipline our kids, but we can't create wrathful situations for them. Right. Now, we make mistakes. I'm not saying we don't. We do. We make mistakes. But I'm just saying that we're talking about the divine impression in which you speak to your wife and your children and your friends and everybody that's around you. And if you are outside of relationship with Christ, you will be destructive. Now let's talk about even if you are in relationship with Christ, you can still be destructive. Yeah. Well, how do we, how am I still, I thought you said, I know what I said. You can still be destructive. Still tear down everybody around you. You function in, the anointed authority. Your words have power. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Everything you say over them, to them, around them, whether or not they hear you, all of those things can determine their future. I didn't even touch finances. And I have like seven pages of notes here. (laughs) But I'm not going to get into all of them Because I feel like we're in a really good spot right now. The anointed authority. The first place I saw this exercised was from God to Adam, from Adam to to Eve. And really, he called her woman. He spoke Eve and declared her Eve after the fall and said, you're going to be the mother of all, you know, mother of all things. I don't remember the exact word that he used, but even in that moment, he still functioned in the anointed authority and still spoke to her and said, this is who you'll be. Right. He didn't do it to condescending. He didn't destroy her and beat her down and try to tear her up. He spoke her, he increased her, and he blessed her. And in return, she blessed him. I actually think it's funny. Amber showed it to me one time, and uh, it's talking about a guy. He says, you know, he said, a woman is great at multiplying things. You give her a house, she'll give you a home. You give her, you know, a little bit of your extra time, she'll give you a family. You give her a bunch of crap. Guess what you're getting back? (laughs) You know, women know how to multiply. Go look at Proverbs 31 at the end of Proverbs 31. One of the big, she she was constantly preparing and readying for her family. God said that she was supposed to be a help me. I've heard it preached and talked about she come out of his rib. It meant that this was symbolic of these two standing in unity together. God's foreknowledge declared they would stand in unity together. God declared that she was a woman before Adam ever even spoke over her. And if he didn't trust her or trust him to do that, 
then he would have never done that. He would have called her woman and he would have brought him and said, here you go, this is it. No, God trusted Adam. And he believed Adam would make the right decision. And Adam did make the right decision. And for 900 years later, he still made the right decisions. But he understood how to operate in that authority. Men and women too, and I'm not really talking really at women today. I'm talking to men. And, I, and I'm not saying this to empower your pride. Because I'm promising you, you're not operating under what we are calling the anointed authority of God if you are doing it out of pride. Because you're breaking, destroying, and tearing her down to benefit yourself. Not just that, but how many times in the Bible does it talk about how God does not like a prideful attitude? Right. So you you can't do that. You know, I had stuff I was going to pull out of Titus. You know, talking about how gender roles get switched around and stuff like that. You know, people get frustrated because they think, you know, that right now the big thing's gender roles. You want to know why women are were predominantly taking over the education system? They're nurturing and they're loving mm-hmm. and they're natural teachers. That is a woman. It's not anything about her feminism. Has nothing to do with that. That's just what she's better. Well, some men are good at it. Some men are. But about 90% of men are not. Why do you think most of the industrial field is filled with men? They need to prove their strength. There is a desire in them. I need to prove who I am. I need to show that I can support. Well, if you look back, even in Genesis, it talks about that, you know, about how when they had left the garden, he said, you will work for the rest of your life. And a woman will have children and she will have to bear that and i don't think it was just the child birthing he was talking about i think it was you know making sure the nurturing part because sometimes as women the nurturing part is just as hard as that childbirth for us because yeah we don't get a moment to ourselves well and that's what i'm saying you know this isn't about drawing sexism into the thing no this is just what I, i i literally got a revelation about this one day because i noticed there would be certain topics me and Amber would get onto, and I would finally just look at her and say, I said no. And that was it. I mean, no. Like the dog. Yeah. I've I, been fighting about getting a dog yeah, for no. years. So <laughs> that was just, I just finally said no. And I recognized it then because my wife reverenced me. And because she reverenced me, in return, I loved her. I didn't exercise that authority over her to control her. I didn't do that over her to manipulate her. Now, sometimes I tell her no about certain things, and it's because I've already got some foreknowledge about some of those things, and I don't quite understand it all, and so I don't want to throw it all out there yet because I just don't know. I don't want to throw it out there and be premature and she get upset because something could have went better than what it did. You know, so sometimes, you know, I just I just say I don't know, or, you know, I and she gets really frustrated about that, but that's there. Now, there's been times that she's exercised that same authority over me. It doesn't happen very often, but he knows that if I say no, there's there's honestly a really well, good yeah, reason. Well, yeah, and and that's that's the thing. And you know, and if if she she's like no, like no, that's not going to work. You know, or no, we're not going to do that. She she's right. She doesn't tell me no on a whole lot of things, but she's also very aware of how meticulous I am about planning for something if I'm going to do something. Like, I've got it figured out. Like, I wouldn't even be he bringing up very if I... OCD with his his routining and scheduling and all of yeah. that. So it's very frustrating, especially when he asked me years ago to be his management of time. Yeah, I dropped that job real fast. Yeah. I, I told her that was done because if that was the case, I'd never get anything done. 
she she just couldn't. But it's not the point. I'm I I just want to bring some light to this. I know I didn't get into finances. If you want something? Here you go. Here's something on finances. Tithe. If you don't tithe, tithe. <laughs> yeah. Tithe to your local church. Get involved in the local body. Tithe to that church. Has Take care of that church. With, yeah, I was about to say it has nothing to do with paying the pastors. No, because that frustrates me when people are like, oh, it's just paying his bills. No. No, no, no. That's not what it's for. It's biblical to tithe. It's biblical to tithe because of the fact that it blesses you. You know, one of these days, we're going to talk about, I'm going to teach on the spirit of increase. And I'm going to teach on that, and we're going to really dig into that. Because I promise you, if you don't... If you do not tithe, I'm telling you, you need to start tithing, because it will change your life. Um... I used to tithe even when I didn't have the money to tithe. And Amber used to get so mad at me for it until the first day that I walked in, God had spoke to me and he said, I want you to take every change, every piece of penny, every, every dollar, dime, anything. I want you to take it and put it in the offering bucket tonight. And you I said was piece of penny, piece of penny. Yep. <laughs> I said, you take it and you put it in the offering bucket tonight. And we did, didn't we? I had a we red did. solo cup and I walked up there and it was full of change. And Pastor Phil's eyes got about as big as 50 cent pieces because they were going to have to we count put everything out. we had. I had everything I had left to my name and I stuck it in that thing. And we turned around and God turned around and hand, had somebody in the church came up and they were bawling their eyes out because they couldn't believe because I maybe God had spoke to him earlier in the day or something. I don't know what it was all about. But they had literally intentionally brought an extra $100 with them that night because God told them that they were going to sew $100. They didn't know what they were sewing it in until God spoke to them. Well, there was one time that we were so in debt and we were still paying our tithe and we, we had overdrafted our bank account by like a hundred and some dollars. Yeah. And somebody had put over a thousand dollars in our account. into our account and it had paid off that debt and gave us, gave and, us money. To and live we for still tied off that money. But yeah. I mean, it was just, no, I'm telling you there is supernatural provision and in, in, involved in tithing. Then there's supernatural provision that's involved in offering. Then there's supernatural provision involved in seeds. I'm just, I don't have the time to teach on all this right now. I'm just telling you, if you choose to start sewing into our ministry as we get moving and we open those options up to people, do not send me your tithe. No. We are not a church. I cannot stress that more than anything. Everybody thinks we're a church. We are not a church. We have no intention of being a church. We have no intention of starting a church. We attend a church faithfully. We are members in our church. I love my pastors. Amber loves her pastors. We're not going to anywhere out of our church. I'm telling you to take your tithes and sew them into the body of Christ locally. Uh, and if there's, it's on your heart then at that point, then we'll, when we'll get into that. So there you go. That's, that's your bit on finances. I'm not even backing up from that one because I really wanted to talk about this anointed authority because in marriage alone, we don't understand why my wife doesn't reverence me, why my wife doesn't respect me. Well, she don't listen to me. You don't love her. And if you are exercising authority over her, maybe you should look at how you've been doing it. Because I remember one time my pastor told me a story about how him and his wife had fought one time, and he went and was praying, and God said, he said, God, there's a devil in this house. And he said after he finally got all of his, all of his you know, emotions out there, the Lord spoke to him and said, yeah, and it's you. <laughs> Not just that, but, I mean, what does Scripture say about, you know, if you don't treat your wife good or if yeah, you don't love your wife, hinder your prayers. <laughs> it'll hinder your prayers. When exactly. I'm going to pray for people and I notice they're not getting healed as quick as what I'm used to seeing <laughs> them getting healed, I got to go back and check with my wife to make sure I haven't been upsetting her lately. <laughs> and I actually have done that <laughs> a couple times. 
I was praying. What was it? It's been a few weeks ago. I was trying to pray about something. I was like, it just feels like I'm just. It was me. I was sick. Yeah, I was like, why does it feel like, but me and her had been kind of nitpicking and barking back and forth at each other. I've been being rude to her and stuff like that. And so after we reconciled that, I prayed for her and she got healed. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just telling you, don't, don't, don't. God puts those things in there just to remind you. He loves her. He loves her more than you'll ever be able to love her. Yes, he gave her to you. She is a gift. Yes, he expects you to lead her. Why would you trash your gift? Yeah, he expects you to lead her. He expects you to lead your children. But do not think that when you mishandle them and you are don't or you're not repentant about it, you know, that there's not consequences for that. You mishandle your wife and be disrespectful to her, the Bible tells us our prayers can be hindered. Right. We can provoke our children to wrath. Mm-hmm. How would you like to know that one of your children have to spend eternity in hell because of how you treated them and they refuse to accept that God could be anything else or that Jesus could be anything else and you can't say that that doesn't happen because I've had moments when me and my kids have just really exploded in the wrong direction and we've had to come back together later and deal with it and talk about it and you know repent and and apologize and all that stuff you know, I think every family goes through Every family though. goes through it. We're, everybody trying to hide their dirty laundry, and I'm throwing it all but out But I've here for the also world. met, it, it has not happened on ours, thankfully, but I've also met teenagers or, you know, whatever, that have had families, and they grew up in Christian homes, and they're just like, oh, well, Christianity is nothing but hypocrisy because... Well, they see because of what of happened happen. with their yeah. parents and how their parents treated them and it had passed down on them. They're just like, oh, it was just a way for them to control me. Right. And that was just how they thought on it. And it was because of their parents doing it wrongfully. So I've cracked open the anointed authority. And so now that you guys see that you guys can go through scripture and I'm telling you, you're going to find places where the anointed authority was functioning. Um, and it only functions today under, under relationship in Christ. And really, it actually ties to the spirit of increase because the spirit of increase is only on a Christian's life when they're in obedience to the word. Without being in obedience, you can't have increase. That's why you've set in lack. So people who are frustrated about their finances are frustrated about why I don't have extra money for this, why I don't have extra money for this. How do you spend your time? How do you spend the extra money that God releases to you? How do you spend time when you go on vacation? Are you taking off on vacation, drinking and partying and having a good time? You know, because nobody down there knows who you are. You know, what is it that you're really doing? Are you really evaluating your life and looking at yourself and making decisions based on relationship with Christ? Or are you just thinking, oh, well, I'm down here. Nobody can see me. My church family won't find out about it. My pastor won't find out about it. You know, people think that way. I know. I was actually... um kind of preaching at the kids in a car today about that you know how you know because i was telling them you know that we're in that end times you can read it in the bible you don't believe me go go look for it yourself talks about it in matthew 24 talks about it in revelations whatever you know it's all through there but i was telling them in the car on the way home today i said you know what i said i really want you guys to know that you need to be ready I said, because if you're at school cussing and carrying on and acting this way and treating people hatefully and just being mean and bitter to people just like everybody else is, I said, what happens when God decide, or Jesus decides he's coming back right in that moment and you're standing there cussing and carrying on? Where, what do you think is going to happen? Right. You, sin is sin, guys. And so that's going to lead us into a good conversation right now because if you've been listening and I don't care if you're couples, single people, whatever, you're listening and you found yourself in not relationship with Jesus, then we're going to give you an opportunity for that right now. Um, 
because uh, sin is sin, period. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what, you know, we're dealing with a young lady right now. Um, we just got the opportunity to meet and, you know, I had to make sure that I, I, I explained to her, you know what, you ain't never going to tell me nothing that I ain't heard. <laughs> it just ain't going to happen. It's a judgment-free zone. But that's what it takes because the people God's bringing home, the prodigals, you know, everybody's talking about this great revival that they believe is coming. Everybody's talking about this great adding to the church that we believe is we coming. We want revival, but Where... we don't want to do the work that is involved in that revival. We right. don't want to see that dirt coming up. Well, the problem is, is because the the dirt that's coming up in revival, everybody's trying to hide from it. Exactly. Because they've been, you guys have been so stuck in what you think the church world should look like. You forgot that there's people outside of those four walls that need you and need you to be who you say you're going to be. And they need you when you come through the door. from the junkies, the alcoholics, the stop running from them. Well, and running from them, that doesn't help at all. Because then you're just going to, you're going to send them right back out the door. What happens if they've only been clean for a couple of weeks and, you know, they're really hoping this church thing is going to be something different. And then everybody hides from them because they've got track marks up and down there. You know, they got track marks up and down their arm or they're being real hateful to them and stuff. Um, That's what I expected when I first started coming to church. I expected them to be hateful to me because I was still high. I came into church high. Yeah, I did, too. All right. So with that being said, guys, I just want to take a minute. So if you're if you any of this, I just want you to repeat this prayer with me and just say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Christ's death on the cross. Today, I ask you into my life to be Lord and Savior. Today, I give myself to you. And from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that simple. Super simple. Um, And if you have accepted Christ today, we want to know about those things. Reach out to us on Facebook. Reach out to us on our email. We're going to have our website up soon. We're working on it now. Um, you guys just do not be afraid to reach out to us. Uh, we want to tell you those things. So, Amber, if you got anything you want to close with, and then go ahead and pray us out. No, I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the anointed authority that you have placed in our lives, Lord, that you are that anointed authority. And as long as we are living in you, God, we know that we are we are right where we are supposed to be and right where we need to be, God. And I thank you for it. And I ask, Father, that you would just bless these people that are hearing this and that you would just open it up and give them understanding and all of it. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, join back in with us next week. And we will dive into more on the Honoring God series. Thanks, God.